everyone, Shanna here, welcoming you to another episode of Worthy Asian, a safe space to talk about generational trauma, Asian parenting styles, and finding our way to healing and knowing our worth. Welcome to episode eight of the Worthy Asian podcast. This is a special week for me because one, my favorite number is eight, of course, because I'm Asian, right? But two, because I read a stat somewhere that 70% of new podcasts don't make it past episode seven. So yay, here I am on episode eight, and I hope for many more to come. This week, we're continuing our talk about complicated relationships with our parents and discussing how Asian parents show love. I hear this a lot, that they just show love differently. They have a different love language. If you're not familiar with the different love languages, it describes five main ways people can express and receive love. And it's a helpful way to understand our connections with others, since everyone has different love languages. The main ones are words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. So right off the bat, I would say Asian parents tend to express with acts of service and don't usually use words of affirmation or physical touch because I don't think you can technically count their unconventional physical use of a feather duster as a love language. Oh, was that my inside voice coming out? Sorry, not sorry. So... Where do I even begin to unpack this? I think a lot of our parents think they are expressing love with their acts of service, but I'm not so convinced, and maybe that's just on me. When I hear someone say, oh, it's okay, they do X, Y, Z because they just want you to be stronger and better, that's how they love you, I feel some sort of way. And if it's coming from a fellow Asian, sometimes I think, are you trying to convince me or are you trying to convince yourself that that is true? Maybe the easiest way to start is with the basics. You're here, you're alive, so that must mean something, right? You had food, shelter, water, clothes, medicine. But these are meeting your basic needs to live, to survive. These are mandatory when it comes to raising children, a matter of life and death. Okay, so maybe you had more than just the basics. You probably had toys, maybe went on some family trips, participated in extracurricular activities, had sweets and fancy meals out. But are these things alone love? Yes, you survived. But are you living? Are you thriving? What is the definition of love? An intense feeling of deep affection, warm, tender, passionate affection for another person. I can relate to intense, but not so much the other words. Even in the examples I can think of my parents' acts of service, I feel like it's hard to feel the warmth and love from these actions. I feel more resentment, like 
these hardships, these sacrifices, they weren't for me, they were because of me. Does that make sense? We may feel like we owe them for raising us, but we didn't choose to be brought into this world. And maybe in some circumstances, your parents didn't choose to have you either. But the bottom line is, without getting too into specifics and different moral situations, a choice and decision was made on their part to keep and raise you, and it became their responsibility. Feeling like we may owe our parents our loyalty, respect, or even owe them financially is a common feeling in Asian culture. One I'd like to dive into another time. For now, I'm just saying it doesn't mean we owe them anything for simply keeping us alive. Just because they kept us alive doesn't mean they showed us love, per se. But let's talk about that a bit. Did they show love in different ways? Yes. How? Well, food is a big one. Maybe they spent a lot of time making your favorite meals. They are always making sure you're full, sometimes too full, and giving you the best or last parts of the meal instead of keeping it for themselves. Maybe they meticulously cut, peeled, and de-seeded your fruit for you. And seriously, what is with eating those grapes with thick skins and seeds in them anyway, though? (laughs) And this wasn't the case for me, but maybe your parents spent time teaching you how to make their famous dishes or how to cook your favorite dishes. That is something I actually really wish I had the opportunity to experience. I would love to be able to make Chinese dishes of my childhood to share with my family, but I don't know how. Another way they showed love was through their hard work and sacrifice. A lot of our parents probably came from very modest means. They may have worked multiple minimal paying jobs, long grueling hours to ensure they could provide for their family. And many may have also had to put aside their pride and ask for help from friends and families and asking for hand-me-downs. Many probably could not afford to pay for your extracurricular activities, but worked and saved more in order to do so, or volunteered what little time they had left in the day to fundraise and support. Like, for example, I know my parents had to do some volunteer shifts at a bingo place in order to get the cost of my choir fees reduced. And the same for family trips. They worked really hard to earn and save money to take you on these trips. Another way they showed love was putting a big emphasis on being smart and successful, also known as tiger parenting. They put a lot of pressure on you to do well in school and choose careers that will give you status and money. They do this because they want the best for you so that you don't have to struggle in the future. They want you to be good because they think those who listen and follow the rules will have more doors of opportunity open for them. Excelling in extracurriculars and skills like playing an instrument, learning another language, will also give you an upper hand in the future. And if you are meant to be able to excel in all of these things, then it meant you had little time to waste on things like playing, going out with friends, and just being a kid. 
Their love may have also been smothering because they were helicopter parents who had to hover over every little thing to have control because they wanted to protect you or make sure you did or got the best. Nag you all the time to do chores, clean your room, put on a coat, and heaven forbid you actually caught a cold because if you did get sick, it was such a burden to look after you. At least that's how it felt for me. I immediately think of the Cantonese word mafan, which translates into something being annoying, troublesome, and a hassle. But if you're Cantonese, you know it's not just a word, it's a whole embodied feeling. Mafan. Anyway, it went off on a tangent there, but back to smothering. Their love was controlling, so you had no sense of self or self empowerment, and you absolutely had no privacy. Or boundaries. My mom read my diaries, ripped them up when she didn't like what she read. Surprisingly, of course, the parts about her. My mom literally had to be escorted out of my doctor's appointments when I was 17 because she refused to let me have private conversations with my doctor. How can it be love when it feels so violating? Love also felt transactional. You had to earn it through good grades or doing something for your parents. Which ultimately made me realize that I grew up believing that love is conditional. I didn't know what unconditional love meant because I was always loved for what I did and not for who I was. I read a quote recently. It said, when you give and expect something in return, that is an investment. When you give and don't expect anything, that is love. And that really struck a chord with me. Our parents invested in only our future, not thinking about our present and things happening in the now. They invested hoping we'd be successful for ourselves, but also to share with them. They invested in our being useful to society, in our physical health, They invested in some way thinking that that was them showing us love. As an adult, I noticed acts of service more, like making themselves available to drive you or pick you up somewhere, coming over to help take care of you or your children for a few hours, cook you food, clean your house without you asking. The most loved I felt by my parents was after I gave birth to my daughter. My mom spent hours making special traditional soups, did my laundry, looked after baby, made us dinner, cleaned up without any prompting and without making us feel guilty or ungrateful. Things were actually really good for a while between us. The best it's ever been. Baby moon phase, I guess. And that's the thing. The period of peace and love was short-lived. Acts of love are few and far between, and they don't seem to be enough to cushion all the crushing pain and loneliness of the other 90% of days. And it's hard to appreciate the love when most memories are tainted with chaos. You feel robbed of happiness and love when your memories of your accomplishments are mostly of your parents saying you didn't do good enough or how someone else did better. When your memories of vacations or how you got in trouble and punished for minuscule just being a kid things. 
when you're seen as lazy and useless because no one could have bothered to spend the time teaching you things in a manner that was safe and encouraging. When you were seen as a burden and ungrateful all the time, could never relax or play, could never forget for one second everything they've done for you, you feel more resented and resentful than love. And for me, I felt more fear. I felt unsafe more than I ever felt loved. So, okay, they showed love in their own misguided way, but it missed the mark. It feels like it did more harm than good. And guess what? I'm allowed to say that. You're allowed to say that. We feel that we are being ungrateful or disrespectful to our parents by saying that. We feel guilt and shame for feeling we don't fully love and appreciate them. But I am so done with that. It's hard when our parents don't seem to realize the hurt that they've caused us, don't understand how we could not know that they loved us. And sometimes they don't even remember those big fights and all the screaming and the chaos. They don't remember that. For them, it was just any other day, but for us, it was a formative experience, a lasting memory. And that's the thing. The axe forgets, but the tree remembers. It's hard to recognize and acknowledge the part of them that loved you, wanted to protect you, wanted the best for you. Hard to see them as the same person that hurt you, hurt you deeply and profoundly. Does their attempt at love give them a free pass for all that happened and for all that may be continuing to happen? No. Facts. They were hurt, had a hard life, they did the best they could, they showed love differently. Also, facts. They hurt you. You needed more than their best. You needed love and nurturing in a different way. You didn't deserve how you were treated back then. They didn't either. So what now? What can change? You and what you do with the next generation. You were hurt and you don't have to hurt others. You don't have to pass down the pain that those in front of you also do not deserve. Now, I know this is very personal to me. Not all of this will resonate with you, and that's okay. It's not meant to because it's not possible. We all have our own experiences that will differ. For some of you, you may listen and reflect and think, oh yes, I can definitely see all the ways my parents showed me love, and it's not so hard for you to get unstuck. For some of you, their love language was enough, and that is wonderful. For some of us, it is still a struggle, and that is okay too. I wish so hard I could be one of those people that could honestly say that their parents' best was enough, that overall I could see my childhood was filled with more love than there was pain that I could easily let this go and give my parents more grace, more compassion. Because as I said before, there is a lot of guilt and shame for not being able to do this. It's not that I don't want to. Who wants to feel like this towards their parents? 
Who doesn't want a good and loving relationship with their parents? But for some of us, it's just not the reality, and it may never be. And we have to listen to our truth and not force anything just because we feel or society makes us feel that we should feel a certain way. I wrote this in my diary when I was young, and I find that I always come back to it. For someone who should have loved me the most, you did it the worst. I come back to it because I'm still heartbroken. I've always wanted something different, and I still do. But I've spent my whole life pining for their love and affection, desperately wishing, hoping for more or something different, and it's led me nowhere. And I am done chasing, chasing after this unrealistic fantasy at the detriment to myself. Yes, you loved me, you did your best, and it wasn't good enough. And I'm going to say it out loud. I'm not going to hide from my truth because I am no longer ashamed and I no longer feel guilty for putting myself first. And I'm not saying it out of a place of anger and hate for my parents. I am saying it out of a place of love for myself. I'm no longer living my life like the wounded child I was, and I'm now going to live like the reliable, loving, and wise adult I've grown to be. Wise enough to know I can give myself what I need now, and I don't have to need it from my parents or anyone else. And reliable and loving to myself first and foremost. Because how can I be wise, reliable, and loving to my loved ones if I can't even do it for myself? The patterns of generations past will remain the same, and this is how you break the cycle, by putting yourself first, and it does not make you selfish. It's like that saying, when you fill your own cup, you are then able to give to others. You cannot give from an empty cup. And this whole situation, all this pain, all that muck, it's just not about them anymore. We got to shift the focus and it's about us. And what are we going to do? And so we're back to boundaries. If you continue in XYZ behaviors that make me feel unloved, like I don't matter, then the part you play in my life will have to be smaller. And perhaps it may even mean you can't be a part of it until you can learn to treat me differently. And I know this sounds dreadful to many. No contact? Oh my God, you cannot do that, especially to your parents. Huh. Let's dive into that another time because that is a big, deep, dark hole of other craziness. And I'm not saying that that's the only option. I've said before that boundaries will look like how you want them to look like, whether that is just reducing the amount of time spent and maybe you just see each other on holidays instead of every week or every month. Again, completely up to you and we will talk about this further, but I'm also just putting it out there that it is an option because a lot of us Asians don't see this as an option. We would never dare to do something like go no contact. 
but I'm just saying, if you need it, if it feels right for you, you can do it. Whew. This one got me, guys. I'm feeling pretty depleted, so I don't think I have much capacity for some stretching or deep breathing exercises. I'm just going to lie down in Shavasana, which is a resting yoga pose where you basically lie down on your back with your arms spread out to your side and your legs are spread out about hip distance or so. Then I have some extra things that I like to add to the practice if I have that extra capacity because I feel that they really do make the exercise more comforting. But if you are feeling like you just need to find a space to calm down and you need that more urgently, then just go ahead and go into Shavasana and just listen to your breath going in and out. In and out. If you're needing a little more help to feel grounded faster, then sometimes it's helpful to have one hand on your chest and the other hand on your belly and feeling those areas rise and fall with your breath. And just repeat breathing in and out and feeling your chest and belly rise and fall until you are feeling more calm. The extra steps that I was talking about before were adding a warm or cold compress. So again, you assess what will feel more comforting for you at the time. And you can wet a towel with cold water or hot water and rest that over your eyes. Cold compress is good if you're needing refreshed, needing to be brought back to the present And a warm compress is good for when you just need to be warm and comforted. And the last thing is I like to add a scent to the room as it's an extra element of grounding when I'm noticing my breath and also noticing a scent. I like to go with lemongrass, but other relaxing scents can be bergamot or lavender, but it's completely up to you what you like. And it can be a candle, it can be a spray, it can be incense, oils, whatever works. So breathe in Shavasana until you feel like you are in a calmer and safer space. And then slowly bring yourself back to the present, tapping your fingers on the ground, stretching your toes, taking the towel off, and coming back to a seated position before moving on with your day. As always, thank you for sharing your time with me. I would love to connect with you on Instagram at Worthy Asian Podcast to hear any questions, ideas, or stories you have. And if you'd like a space to be able to share, receive, or give support, please join and help build our community in the Worthy Asian Facebook group. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe, share, or leave a review so more people can find us. I'll be back next Monday. So until then, take care, talk soon, and much love from a fellow worthy Asian.